Welcome back to Serendipity and to the second world and character building episode. On this episode, we talk more about the specifics of the character archetypes, stats, and backgrounds, uh, how the characters know each other, and we get some into some more details about the world and how the world works. Uh, we don't get super into the nitty-gritty of game or system mechanics, so if that's bored by you, there's not too much of that, although that is discussed a little bit. And as with the last episode, if you really want to just hop straight into the action, you can totally skip this. You don't have to listen to this. We're just including this audio for the people who are really into that kind of thing. And that's really all the intro you need this time. So let's just get started. All right, so this is the second this is our second um, character and world building session. And we're going to build, we're just going to basically go over the characters in much more depth than we had before. Uh, because before it was a couple weeks ago, so we had like some very, uh, we didn't quite know where things were going. So what we're going to do is go over everyone's character and depth and basically fill out the character sheets together to make sure that we're all on the same page, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so I have like everybody's character playbook and character sheets, um, just in case people did not bring them. So, um, yeah. So yeah, let's go around the table real quick and introduce ourselves, uh, one more time. I'm Michelle Nicolaison and I'll be your dungeon master. I am Nick Mo, and I will be the hunter. Uh, I am Diego Hernandez and I'm the tainted. I'm Gloria Walker and I'm a witch. Or a wizard, but I'm a lady, so I'm a witch. <laughs> uh, I am Jennifer Alexander, and I will be the Oracle. And then we also have the Aware, who is Evan, but we're having another minor scheduling snafu, so he will be here later, and we'll just figure it out as we go along when it comes to his character. So, it's not very aware of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's sleeping, but we'll figure it out later. So there's four main stats, um, blood, heart, mind, and spirit. Blood is the measure of your fight or flight instinct. It tells us how tough, dangerous, coiled, and quick to act your character is when in a dangerous situation. Heart is the sum of your passion, charm, and charisma. It tells us how proficient your character is at getting what they want through negotiation and discussion. Mind is a reflection of your critical thinking, trickery, and observational skills. It tells us how perceptive your character can be uh, and how good they are at manipulating others with deceit. And spirit gauges your connection to the other and your force of will. It tells us how focused and determined your character is under pressure and what kind of connection they have to the supernatural. So, uh, yeah, if we can... Does anybody want to go first for fleshing out their character sheet and stuff? I can. Okay, cool. Uh, and I have yours right here. So, tell us about your character, Gloria. Uh, my character's name, do you want me to do like my whole backstory that I have? Yeah, just tell okay. us everything you have and then we'll move into the crunchy stuff. My character's name is Vex Villemont, um, spelled Villemont, but I think that's how you pronounce it in French, so that's what I'm going with. Um, I am a female witch, um, Caucasian, um, I come from kind of a rural family <clears throat> that um, is kind of religious. And when I was younger, probably around like 10 or 11, 
Um, I started showing signs of having some sort of powers, which was very alarming to my community and my family, um, which ultimately, you know, I, I, I tried to suppress it to fit in and, and found that difficult. Um, and it eventually really just kind of led to me leaving home to avoid scorn. Um, I think that the community at large kind of wanted me to leave, but my family, you know, tried to keep me around. But eventually I saw that it was having a really negative effect on my family. Um, we, my whole family became outcasts and that was really difficult on my mother, especially. Um, so I left town. I left this rural community to come to the big city and just kind of hide myself from the world. Um, and because of that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time. Um, I want to say that I've been in our city for about 11 years. Um, and so the first few years of that, you know, I was just kind of like uh, kind of just roaming the city as a kid trying to get by. I didn't have a whole lot of friends because I, I kind of didn't trust people and I, I didn't know who would accept me. Um and so that way, so doing that, I just, you know, scrounge for food and, you know, doing a little trickery here or there just to get by. Um, and ultimately, you know, what I really, I really miss having a family and I really miss having connections with people that were long lasting um, because I couldn't trust, I can't trust anybody. Um, so it's hard for me to connect. Cool. Good backstory. So um, let's go over. Uh, the stuff on the character sheet. So there's demeanor, detached, disheveled, ominous, volatile. Um, I'm gonna. I went with like disheveled, um, but not like a not like a homeless disheveled. Just more of like, like maybe you know, like a punk metal yeah. kind of like. I have a distinct style, but that style is definitely not like flapper dresses. You know, it's it's very street style. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so for the introduction questions, there's who are you, which we already covered. How long have you been in the city? What keeps you up at night? What have you sacrificed for your power? And what do you desperately need? I think we also touched on what do you desperately need? Yeah. Um, so um, I said I've been in the city about 11 years. Um, so kind of left when I was 18, 17, 18 is when I left home. So that's when I came to the city. Um, and now I'm about 2930. <clears throat> um. What keeps me up at night is um, really just trying to to hold to, you know, be able to fit in with society while also, you know, having these powers, um, which has also led to uh, problems with alcohol and drug abuse um, because of dealing with, you know, my inability to fit in um, and my own personal feelings about myself. And then... Um what have you sacrificed for your power? I guess that would just be like your family, right? Yeah. See, I didn't know if that question was specifically like, did I have to give up something to gain these powers? Because in my mind, I just developed them. So really, like what I sacrificed for my power is family and what I desperately need is family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that checks out. So for gear, you have an option between a nice apartment or a simple house, a crappy car or a decent cell phone. I believe you only get to pick one of those. Um, I have to pick one. I think. A, I think that's just what I have. Okay. Well, you don't have a decent cell phone, for well, sure. Well, yes, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a cell phone. But, but you've got some place. You have like a home and a crappy car, 
and that's what the, would a crappy car be in this this era i don't know because they're all kind of crappy right like they were well, really I mean, prone to dying regularly and stuff <laughs> i mean like do i have a model t like because yeah. like cars haven't been around a whole long time i wonder if motorcycles existed Maybe Ooh, can i have car? a motorcycle yeah you have a motorcycle thank Let's you do that so one context thing with having a crappy car or a motorcycle at this time is that uh, anyone who has a vehicle definitely has to be basically a mechanic in order to, to fix all of the, the stuff that's constantly going wrong with it. So just when thinking about like our development of characters for those of us who do have a vehicle or a motorcycle or whatever, that that's definitely got to be in the skill set. So. Well, well I think, you know, because I come from a rural, rural town, like everyone really kind of worked with their hands. I imagine that my father... Um, was always fixing tractors and things like that. So I have a basic understanding of how mechanics work, um, kind of like in my real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that, you know, and motorcycles are pretty simple compared to cars too. So, yeah, um, yeah I think like little yeah, things I like that I can fix. You have like an art deco motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, a mystical focus and a sanctum, which we're going to talk about in a second. And then you get to pick one practical weapon and the options are a snub-nosed revolver, a 9mm Glock. I don't know what the 1920s equivalent of that would be because I don't know enough about guns or a sword. I was going to go with the revolver. Okay. I don't think we need to adjust that um, too much. I'll double check later, but I think that that's probably approximately era accurate. Uh, okay, so you have a mystical focus, which means that you have some kind of um, mystical focus item that helps you channel your magic. Uh, without it, if you don't have it, you take net minus one to channeling and you get to choose a benefit that your focus grants you, which is that you can inflict plus one harm with your magics, gain armor plus one while you have hold from channeling or gain one additional hold when using channeling. And so hold is basically kind of like in-game currency is a rough approximation. Like it's not literal currency, but you can exchange a hold for like information or um, for a boost on like a future role. So uh I believe, yeah, I believe actually it's a boost on a future roll. So if you like, you have a hold uh, and you have like a, you, and then you roll badly, you can use it to like improve the roll, I believe. Okay. What, what can you say those again? Yeah. So you get, um, you can inflict plus one harm with your magics. You can gain additional armor or you can gain one additional hold, which can be used for other things. I think I want the hold. Okay. So I will mark that down. And then your sanctum. Uh, so you get to choose four of these as features for your sanctum. You have an extremely knowledgeable assistant, a testing ground, magical booby traps, a library of old tomes, a scattering of ancient relics, a mystical prison, magical wards, a portal to another dimension, a focus circle, or an apothecary. You get to pick four of those. Okay, so if I choose a knowledgeable assistant, that's going to create a character for you. Yeah, if you choose a knowledgeable assistant, like, you can give me some backstory, but then, like, when we're actually playing, I would be, yeah, I know, I would be the assistant. Okay, I'm going to go with magical assistant, or knowledgeable assistant, magical booby traps, um, an apothecary, I think that fits in well with my drug abuse problem. Yeah. Um, so, like, a portal sounds cool. Or I'm, I don't know if I want to do a portal or magical wards. I'm going to go a portal because that could be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that can lead. Yeah, that can give us some interesting story options. So then can you just read um, what the downsides are? 
it attracts, uh, so I've had to choose two. Either it attracts otherworldly attention, it contains many volatile substances, its location is known by many, it lacks, it always lacks a key piece or ingredient, or it's tough for you to access. I think the volatile ingredients one makes sense. Yeah, and that, that makes goes sense with, for my apothecary. Yeah. Um, and then probably it's tough for me to access. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we can discuss. Do you have any thoughts on your assistant off the top of your head? Um, I think that I would like to think of like my assistant as like, um, oh, I don't know if this makes sense, but maybe like a um, like a street child who's just like yeah. really wise and like knows everything that's going on. Like my little birdie, you know? Yeah. Like a. Not Oliver Twist. The artful Dodger. Fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> like like a little bird, kind of like in Game of Thrones, where you have like a spy around yeah. the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For your wizard moves, um, you should have, I believe you have this. Yeah, these on your sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to read them out loud. For the audience, uh, you get these two things, which is channeling. When you channel and collect your magics, roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, hold three. On a seven to nine, hold three and choose one from the list below. On a miss, hold one, but you cannot channel again in this scene. The things that you have to choose from if you have a partial success. So the way that all of these, um, the way that these systems are set up is that there's not, it's not like on a scale of one to 20, like it is with D&D. It's on a scale of one to 12, since it's 2d6 for everything. And a 10 plus is a complete, like, complete success. Like, you basically get whatever you want. A 7 to 9 is a partial success. So you get what you want, but there are some consequences, which typically you have to choose. And then, like, under a 7, it's a miss. And either, like, it fails completely or it fails in an interesting way or you get something of what you want, but it's also there's like also, like, severe consequences. So the consequences that you choose one from on the on a partial success are take negative one ongoing until you rest suffer one harm or mark corruption and we are not going to do corruption for these mechanics so uh you'll either suffer harm or it'll take negative one ongoing until you rest your hold lasts until you spend it and you can spend it to cast any spell you have as per the spell's details sanctum sanctorum when you go to your sanctum for a spell ingredient, relic, or tome, roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, you have pretty much just the thing. On a 7 to 9, you have something close, but it's flawed or lacking in some significant way. And on a miss, you don't have what you're looking for, but you do know someone who probably has it in stock. Your spell options, you get to choose three of these, and I'm going to read them out loud and then hand them to you. Uh, so there's tracking, which is spend one hold to learn the location of someone. You must have a personal object that belongs to the target or recent leavings of their body, which as I expressed before we started recording is the grossest possible way to word that. Uh, that would be like a lock of hair, fingernail clippings, their blood, etc. Uh, elementalism, you conjure the elements to strike out at your enemies, spend one hold to use unleash an attack with your magic as a weapon. Uh, memory wipe spend one hold to cause a helpless target to forget some of their short-term memories up to an entire hour's worth you can spend an additional hold and mark corruption to put alternate memories in their place Uh, so we'll just have an additional hold for that since we're not doing the corruption mechanics Uh, shielding spend one hold to provide armor plus one to yourself or someone nearby Uh, or spend two holds to provide armor plus one to everyone in the small area, possibly including yourself. This armor lasts until the end of the scene. You can stack multiple uses of shielding at once. Vel, spend one hold to make yourself invisible from sight for a few moments. 
Teleport, uh, spend one hold to teleport yourself a short distance within a scene you're in. Hex, spend one hold to inflict one harm on someone from any distance. You must have a sample of their ha hair, blood, or saliva to do so. And you get to choose three of those. Um, I think I'm going to go with Elementalism. I have it. Oh, okay. Uh, elementalism, memory wipe, and shielding. Okay. And as you level up, uh, you get to keep more of those. But you can kind of see you can kind of see how how this works is that like you do the channeling move and then like you get you know three hold and then you can spend those hold to cast spells. Okay. And I think we're not doing we're not doing the corruption mechanics. Um, I will read a couple of notes on the spells, just like for audience context. Uh, in order to cast spells, you first have to channel and collect your magics. Each spell tells you how many hold you must spend to activate it. If you want to be ready for trouble, you might want to channel first. So like if you were getting ready to go into a fight scene, you might channel outside the building before you go in so that you can um, just cast, start firing off spells as soon as you get in. You start with three spells, but you can gain more through standard advancements. Some notes on your spell... Elementalism creates an elemental weapon for a single attack. You still have to unleash it to attack another character. You have to decide before the attack which type of weapon it is. So you would cast Elementalism, but then you still have to roll to attack. Um, the, uh, the weapon that you create only lasts for one for one round. So like you might create um, like a hammer made out of earth or a fiery sword or something, and it disappears after the end of that attack. Memory wipe requires some time, intimacy, or physical contact with your target. Vel and teleport almost always give you the opportunity to escape so long as no one else can magically pierce your illusions or teleport to pursue you. Only one hex can be cast on a target at a time. Additional hexes do not inflict additional harm. When you use your sanctum to work on a problem, you know, like I was talking about, they're using me. child labor, um, they're mistreating their workers, um, a lot of them are, you may need to turn to allies and cash in debts to get what you need. You can only use black magic once per project, even if you're willing to mark additional corruption to ignore additional requirements. Warding allows you to protect a location from whatever you like for a month and a day. You must declare what threat the ward is supposed to exclude when creating the ward. So that's the wizard. And now, um, who else wants to go? Who wants to go next? I can go. Okay, cool. So I was kind of looking over these papers as you were doing her stuff. Oh, wait, sorry, one thing, one thing. Um, my bad. Gloria, we need to figure out which stat you're minusing or adding to. Yes. Um, so I did four, whoops, um, four stats. I did, um, so I'm keeping the minus one blood, the zero heart, one mind, and, well, maybe, see, I was debating between adding one to mind or one to spirit. Uh-huh. Um, and I do, what... Because, like, spirit helps me with, like, connecting with people, like, with... Yeah, so spirit helps you connecting with your powers. Mind would be, like, staying cool and analytical in a stressful situation. Okay, then or, I'm like, going to do two spirit. Okay. Um, and then the faction stuff? The faction stuff we can probably ignore for now, I think. Okay. I'm not sure how much we're actually going to use that in gameplay. Okay. My bad. Jennifer, now it's your turn. Okay. Um, so, my name is, um, in quotation marks, Fancy Nancy Vanderbilt. Um, but I'm going to go by fancy because I like the finer things in life. Um, I'm female and I'm Irish-American. 
I wear a lot of revealing clothing and uh, my husband thought it'd be funny if I had to wear glasses because I'm also farsighted. <laughs> um, so, um, um, I'm going to keep that in there because it's a nice little joke. Um, and my demeanor is soothing and I figured I add one to mind or heart. I'm not sure on that. So heart is the sum of your passion, charm, and charisma. Um, mind is about like the critical thinking. So if you want yeah. to play her as more of like a nice, charming person, then heart would be the place to add it. If you want to play her as like maybe kind of a manipulative or like really tricky, then mind would. Probably yeah. Be the well, I'm to gonna add. have her like prey on the rich people, so I'll probably go with mind or spirit on that. Well, okay. So I have them starred. Okay. Um, and then I don't know. You said about the factions, so just yeah, we'll skip the factions for now. So, so we can move right into the um, intro questions. So who am I? Um, so I am American. So my probably day job will be like a fortune teller. And then I also pray on the rich people. I, I dress up in the fancy gowns and always have an quote unquote invitation to all the fancy parties and clubs. And I just kind of get money from men and women, you know, whoever has the most that night. Um, I grew up in the city. I grew up on the streets. Um, not quite sure. I'm going to kind of leave that open for you, Michelle, about what happened to my parents, but they weren't around. Um, and it says, how do you cope with the visions? Is um, I try to use them to the best of my advantage. I try to, you know, if I can do something about them, if not, you know, try to avoid the catastrophe that happens. Um, and what are the nightmares like? They scare the living crap out of me for the most part. And I try to sleep very little. I always try to stay active so I don't fall asleep and try to avoid them. Um, and then I desperately need, I'm always looking for love and because I didn't have that growing up. Okay. So for gear, we've got a simple apartment, a crappy car. We might need to modify this because I think by default it has everybody having a crappy car. Can and I just I don't have feel... a bicycle? Yeah, that, that works. Like, I feel like it makes sense for someone to have, like, maybe we can just change that to some kind of mode of transport so you can pick, like, a bike or um, a motorcycle or there's, there's a massive river in the city. So maybe, like, maybe two characters co-own a shitty boat or something. Um <laughs> But, like, I, yeah, I don't think it makes sense for everybody to have a car, like, in this, if we're going for, like, a 1920s vibe. Right. So you have a place to live. Then you get to pick one set of unique items, which is, the options are prophetic tools, um, ritual objects, or a collection of tomes and grimoires. I'm going to go with tomes and grimoires. Okay. Now, for the other stuff, can you hand me, can you hand me your, so that we can go over the... The, the big character booklet. Um, so the debts, I don't know if we're going to be using that. I see you picked one. Yeah, like, I did, just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> um, so the oracle moves are, you get one by default um, called foretellings, which is at the beginning of the session, roll with spirit on a 10 plus, hold two on a seven to nine, hold one. During the session, you can spend your hold to declare that something terrible is about to happen. You and your allies take plus one ongoing to avoid the impending disaster. On a miss, you foresee the death of someone important to you and you take negative one to all rolls to try and prevent it. Uh, then you get to choose more. And what you chose were psy psychometry. Psychometry? I think is how you say that. Whenever you study and examine an interesting object, roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, you get to ask three of these questions. On a seven to nine, you get to ask one. And the questions are, what is the history of this object? What bands, wards, or limits are attached to this object? 
Where does this object belong? What secrets or mysteries has this object been privy to? What strong emotions have been recently felt near this project? On a miss, uh, object, not project. <laughs> on a miss, the emotion of the object overwhelms you and you take negative one ongoing for the rest of the scene. The other one you chose was skim the surface, which is when you touch someone, you can read their surface thoughts. You roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, you get to ask three questions. On a seven to nine, you get to ask one. What is your character thinking about right now? Who are you protecting? Why are you keeping secrets? What is your character's hidden pain? On a miss, you inflict one harm on them and yourself. I figured both of those would work well with me, like, kind of reading people and seeing if they're easily tricked and stuff. Or I could use possibly something I pick up to better hit on them so I can get money out of them yeah. or drinks. So. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so notes on the oracle moves. When you spend your hold from foretellings, you're not necessarily guaranteeing that the thing will happen. You're giving yourself and your allies the chance to act before the, things comes, before the thing comes to pass. For example, if you're hiding from a vampire assassin, you might spend your hold to say, she's going to find me and then take a plus one on going to attempts to escape before she notices you or attack her when she gets close. So instead of like necessarily knowing instead of me telling you what's going to happen if you roll well on that you get to say what's going to happen and then you get to figure out how you're going to get around it mm -hmm. and you get advantage or disadvantage on those rolls you can always use let it out to extend your supernatural senses but psychometry and skim the surface allow you to ask specific questions without risking corruption if none of the questions from either of those two moves work you can use empath or let it out to get your answers and by the way, like under Oracle, what it says to look up that or like inspiration things are all things I love. Like they have a uh, Penny Dreadful and stuff. And I was going to make a comment about that a while ago. I was like, yes. Yeah, they've got Penny Dreadful, um, Carnival. Which uh, I love also. Yeah, Medium, <laughs> True Calling. Yeah, Carnival is like, I was just thinking about the other day. What's uh, Speaking of like super dark alt-20 stuff. Um it's great though. It's yeah. It's, it's very good. It's just it's <laughs> extremely dark. It is. It's 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 almost like wicked in that vein. If you've ever read the books, um, they're totally like dark, and you're like, why does this crap keep happening? That's not even fair. No wonder she was so wicked. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> all this crap just keeps happening to her family. But they also had, like Stephen King, The Dead Zone, and then like Kill Me Softly by The Refuge, and you know like all these yeah. great movies and um, bands and books. So I was like, yes, this is made for me. So I think in that instead of doing mind or heart. I'm going to do spirit because most of my roles okay. tend to use spirit. So I just think that would be a smarter move. But I can always build up my heart, my mind. and stuff. Yeah, you can add things. You can become more well-rounded or keep working on one specific thing as we advance. Yeah. Um, Nick and Diego. I can go. Ooh, Fox Bodega. That's such a good name. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> did I say it right? Yep. Okay, I thought so. Okay, so starting character stats, um, which one do you want to add one to? Oh, can I look at that? Yeah. Uh, that's the part that I wasn't very... Uh... So, can you quickly go over what each of them are? Sorry, I Yeah, forgot. no, that's okay. So, blood is the measure of your fight or flight instinct. So, blood is basically, like, tough, like, physical toughness. Okay. Heart is, like, um, how good you are at interacting with people, um, like, passion, charm, charisma. Mind is, like cold analytical stuff i keep wanting to relate these to tarot suits but like i don't that doesn't mean anything here to anyone <laughs> unless you understand tarot yeah so. <laughs> uh mind is like uh critical thinking trickery and observational skills and then spirit is your connection to the other world okay um 
So I'm choosing one, two, sorry. Yeah, so you can, so by default, your character has um, blood one, heart one, mind at minus one, and then spirit at zero, and then you get to add one to one of those. Uh, I'll add one to mind. Okay. And then you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So <clears throat> my name is, <clears throat> name is Fox Bodega. Um, I, uh, I'm from outside of the city. Um, I had a pretty good childhood um, uh, until I was around 13, 14. Um, and uh, I sort of changed my background story from what I told you last night. Um, but yeah, around 13, 14, I had a little brother who um, started uh, seeing things and being uh, tormented by some some demon, um, and no one believed him. Uh, I didn't believe him. Uh, and then shortly after that, he disappeared, um, and no one knew what happened to him. Uh, so I took it as my personal mission to figure out what where he uh is if he's alive or just kind of get to the truth of what happened um and that sort of took me down this path of uh dealing with demons and, and kind of connecting with the other world um and uh my main motivation is to seek revenge and um find who did what to my brother um and uh get some payback and so my approach has been to kind of inf infiltrate the demon world and uh, things haven't w worked out as uh, well as I'd hoped. Um, now I um, have some major debt that I owe to uh, my dark patron. And, uh, but my intentions are st still hold. Um, I'm not a big fan of the demon world, but I am kind of now within it. Yeah. Working. Necessary evil type thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. So there's also for you, there's demon form. Since your patron claimed your soul, you have a new look, um, yeah. a demon form. I, I don't, I don't know if this is supposed to be something that you're like every day or that maybe you turn into when you get super angry. We can probably play with that actually a little. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I actually, on one of the other sheets. Oh, wait. I had... Oh, there we go. Yes, 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 yes. Um, smoke, claws, leathery wings, rock-like skin, and empty eyes. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my, my idea is that I, I generally have a human form. Um, and I think in, on there it says that uh, when I have, when my dark patron uh, requests me to do something, then I take a demon form. But I think okay. I can kind of shift. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and do you have any thoughts? Um, and I don't know. So the demonic jobs that it has listed, I don't know if we need to let, if we have to pick some of these right now. Um, the option, it says your dark patron keeps you on earth for a reason. Choose two jobs from the list below. And the list is collecting souls, tracking down rogue demons, delivering threats and messages, guarding someone or something, assassinating your patron's enemies, brokering demon contracts, or hiding demonic contraband. Do you have any thoughts on like, or do you want to like figure that out as we play? Um, I kind of figure, want to figure that out as we play. I kind of have this idea of, um, like I'm thinking of, um, in Kill Bill, uh, where you have the crazy, what do they call it? Crazy 88, I think. 
So I'm like one of those. So it's basically kind of like an assassin group almost. Uh-huh. Um, that's sort of what I'm thinking. But yeah, I kind of want to figure it out as we go. Okay, cool. So and then um, for your intro questions, a house, a house or apartment, a car and a smartphone. Um, obviously, yeah. you don't get the smartphone. Uh, mm-hmm. But you get a house or apartment and a um, like a car. Like maybe you're the only one of the group that has like an actual car, <laughs> uh, which makes sense if you have like somebody backing you. Uh, the tainted moves you get this one. Um, you get the devil inside, which is when you assume your demon form. Roll with blood on a ten plus, choose two. On a seven to nine, choose one. On a miss, choose one, and you owe your patron a debt. Mm-hmm. And we might have to fudge that a little bit because I'm not. I don't think we're going to use um, the debt mechanics exactly as they're written uh the things the options are gain armor plus one heal two harm inflict plus one harm you get a demonic weapon or you get demonic movement um if you're working jobs for your patron choose one more and you get to choose another one and you chose invocation which is you may cash in a debt with someone to appear in their presence others may cash in a debt with you to have you appear as well and we can i like that um so we'll just i'll figure out how to make that work without the debt mechanics uh to do to do i think i think that's everything from your oh uh as far as my look uh-huh. uh so i'm male i'm hispanic latino and uh yeah i kind of want to go with a more formal clothing yeah kind of- i like um you've got yeah he's got um formal clothing and corporate demeanor selected so i like that like Everybody else is these like dirty gutter punk people and you're like <laughs> extremely well dressed and have like a like yes. a nice car. That that's probably how I explain my everyday look anyway, like a witchy gutter punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Nick, it's your turn. Cool. So I am Iro Flynn. I am uh, a male. I am um, from a farm outside the city. I come from a family of farmers, and um, we were actually, or were actually, pretty well off. Um, you know, had happy childhood, all that great stuff. Um, I'm a tinkerer. I really like to be um, uh, tinkering and engineering new things. And and a few years ago, what happened was we we came up. My my uh, siblings and I came up with this. Um, new new device that could help us um, basically significantly increase the crop yields. And one of the things that we we want to do is to make it so our family's well off, but also just generally within our community, you know, there's a lot of hunger. And so we were really excited about this. And there's a lot of things that I had heard previously about people who came up with ways to do things um, more effectively. And bad things would happen. There'd, there'd be like a curse to that. And I always thought it was silly because I'm, you know, a man of science and of engineering. And sure enough, uh, after that happened, I, I was off to the city for for uh, getting some supplies, went back to the farm. It had been burned and my family was gone. And I don't know what happened to them. So I, I grabbed an old pickup truck, went back into the city. And for the last six months, I've been trying to figure out what happened and, and try to understand what this, if this curse is real, if this is a thing that there's some force or some group trying to keep us controlled or keep us uh, ineffective, essentially. Um, so I pretty much just look like a, a dirty farmer. I don't really know if, um, what was the term that gutter punk? I said, get. so I yeah, that, I said, um, but I don't think that's quite my luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gutter, um, gutter redneck. 
dirty redneck. <laughs> yeah, right maybe, maybe something like that. Um, <laughs> overalls and all. Exactly. I definitely got the dirty overalls. That's for sure. Um, so for demeanor, I'm calculating, um, kind of very analytical. Um, for character stats, I am going to add one to mind. Um, I'm trying to think here. So I am a hunter, and so at this point, I have fell into this position where I'm trying to hunt something, and I don't even know who or what it is quite yet. So so did this, sorry, aside, um, did this, like, disappearance happen almost directly before you joined the, like, do you have a timeline on this? Like, is this, like, six months ago, and you, like, you came home and you found it, and then you turned around and went back into the city and, like, fell in with this crowd as you're trying to figure it out? Basically, and I'm trying to figure out, like, just anyone who can help me. And, and there are, um, you know, under debts, there is some, some information that, um, I definitely have certain relationships that have developed in this time. So I've got someone who's enlisted me uh, to protect them from something dangerous. And at this point, I don't even entirely know the details on that. Um, but I also have someone who is supporting me. Um, and so I don't know who that is yet either. I think we'll just need to... Yeah, we can figure that out as we through. go along for sure. Um, but I also have a friend who um, is great. But the friendship keeps bringing me trouble, so they owe me a debt. Um, so I do have some relationships that have been kind of built up in this time. I don't think that any of my previous relationships from prior uh, are still valid because I, I don't know who to trust. Okay, cool. Can I see the thing, see if there's anything else we should cover? All right, so for gear, a shitty apartment, <laughs> a pickup truck, and then three custom weapons. Uh, he's got a scoped, high-powered shotgun, a big pistol, a big... Is one of the options below. Is it antique? Antique. Oh, I thought that started with a Z, and I was like, Zontuk? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Can we call it What's a Zontuk? What's a, a very specific Zontuk. type of gun? It's, uh, it's the weapon yeah. that he made himself. He genetically engineered it to be better, and he called it a Zontuk. <laughs> and then a rifle. Um, for hand weapons, did you choose? No, three custom weapons. Okay, so all of your weapons are ranged weapons. You don't like fighting hand-to-hand. I'm assuming. Nope, I'm a tinker. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that I makes like sense. Toys. That fits with your... Can I see the rest? That fits with your character backstory. Good job. Okay, so for Hunter <laughs> Moves, you get to choose three, and you chose Book Learning, which is when you encounter any type of supernatural creature, well, with Mind. On a hit, the MC will tell you a bit about it and how it can be killed. It's On actually a, called Book Learning. I, I love how you went, like, really hick there. You were like, Book Learning? It, it, there's no G. You gotta, you gotta read it how it's written. Also, I just spent, like, five days in Missouri, so. Uh, it just comes out naturally because I'm from Louisiana, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tony's like, we cannot watch True Blood anymore. You sound <laughs> like a redneck. I don't know. Uh, so when you encounter any type of supernatural creature, roll with mind. On a hint, the MC will tell you a bit about it and how it can be killed. On a 10 plus, ask the MC a follow-up question. They will answer it honestly. On a miss, you misread the creature and the MC tells you how. Uh, so that's interesting. Lots of opportunity for me to do terrible things to you there. Um, Yay. <laughs> this and way. Nick will take it with a smile. He'll be like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I don't even care it's happening to me. This way, when you lead people out of danger, roll with blood on a 10 plus, you get you all get away safely. On a seven to nine, you get hurt or one of them gets hurt, you choose. On a miss, everyone is safe but you. You're left behind and the way out is closed to you. Oof. Uh do you feel Swear lucky? In my life. <laughs> 
When you persuade an NPC while wielding a two harm or greater weapon, you roll with blood instead of heart. Notes on your moves. Let's see if any of those apply. If you haven't met a wizard, vampire, fae, etc. at the start of the game, you might decide that you trigger book learning the first time you meet one in person. Tell the MC if you think a supernatural creature should trigger the move. This way replaces escape when you're leading a group of folks away from danger. If you're by yourself or they refuse to follow, the move does not trigger. You'll have to roll escape instead. If you want to use Do You Feel Lucky to persuade an NPC with blood, you have to brandish the weapon in a threatening way. You don't have to point it at them or hurt them, but they need to know that you'd be willing to pull the trigger. Okay, so, and that is everybody except for Evan. So this is a good spot to take a drink or take a, take a break, a break. So we're jumping back in with Evan's character creation. Um, and if you want to just start um, with your name and whatever, can I have your papers? Your, yeah. your real I life name. real life name. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you should probably introduce yourself. Okay, uh, I'm Evan Mora and I will be Charlie Chappelle, I guess, okay. right? Yes. Right? And did you, so your demeanor is paranoid. <laughs> um, right. And I can, I don't remember what we said last time. I think it's on your other character sheet, but I don't know if you have it. Um, as far as like what stat we wanted to add to. Uh, so there's blood, heart, mind, and spirit. So your demeanor is paranoid. We talked about this. Your starting character stats are um, blood is at negative one, heart is at one, mind is at one, and spirit is at zero. And you can add one to one of those. Right, and I think it was not blood that we wanted to add one to because I'm already starting at negative one. Yeah, I think we. I think you said you wanted to add one to mind because you're going to be playing like a very analytical character. Right, yeah. Okay, so your mind is at two. And then your intro questions, I'll pass this back to you. Your intro questions, if you could just sort of like go over those and talk about anything you haven't figured out right now is totally fine. Um, yeah, on this page. <laughs> Which are on this page, okay. Um, so you don't have to squint to read the other uh, ones. Perfect. Uh, what do you say about Evan's eyesight? <laughs> we will need to plus one that. <laughs> I totally have bad eyesight and can't read really I, Yeah, I think so. the, the people who don't have glasses here are outnumbered. So, <laughs> um, when I like first started thinking about the character that I wanted to do, I wanted to be black and British, but then those things were going to be like weird voice-wise, so I just decided not to. So, it, for just ease, I just thought I would just be real non um i mean just in terms of my voice just try to like stick as close to the way that i sound already you know what i mean um so male and um it's asking for like asian or south asian black hispanic latino indigenous but it also Middle has Eastern a blank white, yeah for etc yeah um and like i don't know that i don't you could totally still be black I, I don't know. I just feel weird about that now. Um, so I I, I kind of just want to choose Hispanic Latino just because I feel like that's easy because that's uh, what I already represent, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. is that well, cool? Well, then do that. Um, yeah. So I'll do that. Um, let's see. Looks like clothing, business casual clothing, everyday clothing, inconspicuous clothing, uniform clothing. I like inconspicuous clothing. <laughs> Yeah, the ability to like blend in. Yeah. Which makes sense if you're a paranoid character. Am I doing this right so far? I'm just going yeah. along choosing yeah. things? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, demeanor, aggressive, charming, paranoid. Oh, yeah, paranoid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we already talked about your starting character stats, so we can jump down to the intro questions. Which oh, are, okay. Who are you? Who am I? 
Um, we like to hit you with the, the hard questions when you just yeah. woke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, start with your character name and a little bit of your background. Um, okay, so I'm Charlie Chappelle. Like, I, like I've written in our chat before. Um, some people like to uh, mess up my last name and do this comparison to Charlie Chaplin, and that annoys me, and I don't like silent films at all and um uh that because because uh, in some way they're just sort of lacking something that i can't pinpoint um color yeah and, the waist? <laughs> and or sound i don't know <laughs> uh <clears throat> how long have you been in the city i don't know let's say Anything that you don't have an answer for right now, we can leave it ambiguous and figure out as we go along. We've got, so after we do this, um, we're going to talk about like sort of how long you've known each other, which we have some answers for some of you. And then I'm going to go over um, the different like locations, the layout of the city, the factions, groups. Um, we've got, we have a fair amount left to do on our like world building agenda. Um, so we probably, we probably won't get to any actual play today because Jennifer needs to go like within the next hour. Um, or sooner if we can handle it. So, so, so yeah. So if there's anything that you don't like, you don't have an answer for right now, you can kind of figure it out as we go along, especially if it's something like I'm less concerned with like how long you've been in the city and more like what your personality is like and like what kind of jobs you take on. Like, so if there's something that you're stuck on, then we can just come back to it later. Okay. So what if, uh, what if my character is sort of like a general mechanic slash like clockmaker, ex-clockmaker, and the way that I found out about magic is that my, uh, during my apprenticeship, my, like, what, master? Yeah. Um, was, uh, like, imbued with some kind of magical ability that was part of his, like, clockmaking thing. That works out really well because, like, I am a witch that has a motorcycle, so I don't know, maybe there's a way we can connect those characters. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. 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 Like, I've been your, like, back alley mechanic for a minute. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, um, like, I've been in the city, like, 11 years, came when I was 18, and, uh-huh. like, basically, I'm kind of living that, like Michelle said, kind of, like, gutter punk lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that that could be a connection between our characters. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. You just, like, pay me in gin or something. <laughs> <laughs> I do own an apothecary, so. There you, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I just need potions here and there. Yeah. Lodden them. <laughs> yeah, into that. That's- <laughs> Drug use. Yeah. Yay. Well, I mean, like, because I sort of see my, like, character as, like, this, like, old sort of, like, um, like noir character. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's just sort of gritty and, and is, uh, I don't know, somewhat, like, almost annoyed that magic exists because it's just another dimension to his life that just kind of, like, makes. That he has to it, manage. That he has to manage, right. Yeah. Cool. Um, why is the city worth saving? Uh, wait, what are we saving the city from? Is that- <laughs> no, I think it's just like in general. Oh, like, wait. Okay. Yeah, like why not is the like, city worth saving? Yeah. Like, traffic. What makes you want- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all love traffic. What makes you want to fight for the people of the city or like try to help them? Hmm. Whether like on an individual basis or on a larger scale. Uh, like, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe just overall, I'm just sort of touched by the families that live in my building, I guess. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, and then what mystery are you currently investigating? Yeah, so nobody else has answered this question, but one thing I was thinking of. What question? 
Um, the, so his question, uh, there, there are slight differences to the questions based on your archetype. His question that he's thinking about right now is what mystery are you currently investigating? One thing that I'm thinking, so Nick's backstory, um, Iroh Flynn, is that he was like, living as a farmer um his family is all farmers and he's outside he was outside of the city and there was like rumors of some kind of curse where like if a farm or a family started being successful then something bad would happen and he always dismissed it correct me if i'm wrong about any of this, this is correct yeah um he always dismissed it because you know he considers himself like a man of science and he's also like a tinkerer i think it's interesting that we have like diy mechanics as sort of a running accidental running theme in our crew <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. And so his family started doing really well. They were like making agricultural innovations. And then he like went into the city to sell some of their crops and he came back and the farm had been like raised to the ground and his family was gone. So he's like one of the things that he is kind of trying to investigate is like what this curse is, like why, why his family disappeared, if other people are disappearing, like that kind of thing. So maybe like you heard about this and you're interested, or maybe like that's relates to something in your past, like something like that. And then that could give an extra connection between those two characters. Okay. Right. Um, so we're like one day when I was young, um, I woke up and, um, aliens abducted my little sister. Wait, Probably not aliens. <laughs> That's uh, Fox Mulder. Yes. That's not me. <laughs> it could be Faye. It could be Faye yeah. abducting your little sister. And and switched her with a changeling. Yeah. Whoa. Man, I know. Isn't that a crazy? changeling? Yeah. Is my sister changeling still around? I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you think? Yeah. Do you want this her is to great. still have a changeling? This is great. Right. And then she died in an accident. And that's how I knew she was a changeling because inside there was different stuff. <laughs> yes. Than human stuff. <laughs> to clarify yeah. that that's in bodies the listeners can't see the shrug that went along with that but I think the shrug was the best part uh, uh, so uh, so I don't know if everyone else is sort of thinking about that I'd like a little extra time to think about yeah that. you can th you can think about that and like we can um, since we're probably not going to get to the actual play today once you think about like what mystery you're currently fascinated with um you, we can talk about that. Um, and there's, so there's also like a recurring theme of lost family members. So um, Diego's character, Fox Bodega, which I think is like the best name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, his little brother disappeared and was taken and he was like investigating, he was investigating sort of like this demonic underworld that like breaks up families and takes children. And that's how Diego got sucked in, or Fox rather got sucked into all of this. So there's like, there's a couple of um, interesting themes that yeah. we can like play off of. Sounds like there's a like, human trafficking going on. Yeah, yeah which makes sense. And because my parents, um, I guess that could go into that same backstory. I was um, like orphaned at a young age and don't know what happened to my parents. So, and I was just raised on the streets. Yeah. Okay. So, and my I left my family at a young age because I started developing powers, um, and it was unaccepted in the community. And so I left, I left town and came to the big city to like hide in plain sight, but I'm very driven by the idea of family. And when I find a family that I feel like I like found family, I'm like fiercely loyal and protective of them. So I think there's a lot of really cool family dynamic stuff going on. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll, we'll move, we'll move on from that. And if you have cool. thoughts on that, you can just like, if you think of something as we go along and you can just like chime in. Um, so for your moves, you automatically get the move called snoop, which is when you keep an eye out for trouble, roll with mind on a 10 plus hold three on a seven to nine, hold one. 
While you're there, spin your hold to ask the MC questions one for one. Um, so you get one of these questions for each hold. Uh, what's my best way in or out? Who or what here is not what they seem? What has happened here recently? What here is the greatest danger to me? And whose turf is this? On a miss for this roll, you find yourself in over your head. The MC will tell you why this is a bad spot. So you automatically get that move. And then you get to pick two more. And the other two options for the aware are did your homework, which is when you put a face to a name with someone politically important, uh, which is at your discretion as to whether someone is politically important or not. You get to roll with mind instead of faction. On a hit, you know a dangerous secret about them or their political machinations. On a 10 plus, you know how to leverage that information. On a miss, your snooping has already landed you in hot water with your target. They know you've been looking into their business. Uh, the other options are, I know a guy, which is when you hit the streets or put a face to a name with mortality, roll with mind instead of faction. I brought friends. When you cash in a debt with an NPC, add this option to the list, which is back you up in a dangerous situation. Sharpshooter. When you unleash an attack with a firearm, roll with mind instead of blood. And hard-boiled, which is when you get into trouble while chasing down a lead, gain armor plus one. Huh. <coughs> well, did your homework sounds cool, right? Yeah. So let's choose that. And I think... Uh, hard-boiled probably is a smart one to go with because it gives you an armor plus one. Yes, I agree. Okay. Okay, so a couple of notes on the aware moves. Snoop is often undervalued by players. It's incredibly powerful. You get information that's hard to get any other way, but you have to use it before you step into a situation. Once you're in the thick of things, you'll have more trouble acting on the answers that the MC gives you. I know a guy, wait, that's not, nope. And then it doesn't have any notes about the other one you chose, so I'm just not going to read that in the interest of saving time. So that is everybody's characters. Um, what I have next on my nerd agenda is one quick thing that I wanted to address uh, before I move on to the locations and factions is uh, how long y'all have known each other. So Nick's only been in the city for about six months. Um, I know we had talked about there was some kind of connection between Nick and Jennifer's characters. Mm -hmm. um, we had done that when we were like vigilantes. You could have also come to me, even though you're a man of science, you could also be curious and like seek out a fortune teller. And then we decided there should be some kind of connection between Evan's character and Gloria's character, right? Because of the mechanic aspect who like, so maybe like Nick's relatively new to the city, but he made friends with Jennifer's character. And then do we want to say like, how long do you think the rest of you all have known each other? So I've been in the city for 15 years or so. Yeah. Uh, and Gloria has been in the city for a long time too. So maybe so, you guys have like known each other for a while. Yeah. And how long has Evan's character been in the so city? So I'm thinking born there. Born there. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so I think maybe we three are kind of like the core group that have known each other. Well, how long have you been in the I've, city? I've grew up here. Okay. I was um, raised in the city. I kind of I think me and you would know each other because we're both kind of in the slum part of town. Uh huh. So, well, I mean, uh, yeah, we like, all are. Yeah, yeah. The um, except for me. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. Yeah. So that's that's like a good enough um ballpark. I think so. The next part is the um factions. There's a couple different names for these depending on the system um and there's actually a, like the way that urban shadows uses the word faction is a little different but i'm kind of loosely using it to mean like any group bigger than 
10 people that is like has some level of power or is seeking some level of power. Um, the factions, the list that I have, and I'm totally open to like, if you think something is particularly interesting, feel free to stop me and chime in. If you want to add something else, feel free to chime in as well. So the list of factions that I have, as far as non-magical factions or groups, there's the city government, which has good people, like genuinely good people in it, but also a lot of corrupt people in it. And probably like a fair amount of people who, um, don't go out of their way to do anything that's immoral, but also like don't go out of their way to stand up to the people who are corrupt. There's the cops, which is, you know, um, the actual armed forces that are connected to the city government. And it has roughly the same split as the city government, as far as like, there are people who are trying to be good cops. And then there are a lot of corrupt cops. Um, I'm thinking maybe some kind of like coalition of dock workers. Um, there's, so there's like a bunch of different labor groups because as I was talking about off mic, like this is one of the big recurring themes in the politics of the twenties is that there was a constant fight of like people trying to not just get like completely abused by these massive corporations who were paying off the government, uh, on multiple levels to, to look the other way about the fact that they were working people like, you know, 16 hour days and like employing children and children weren't dying in their factories and things like that. So there's like the dock workers, there's like other union groups probably related to like each of the specific kind of industries. I'm thinking maybe a newspaper or maybe like two or three different newspapers, like some of the, some of which like report on the magical stuff and are just like viewed as a tabloid. Um, some of which are like, you know, the more conservative and then some of which are maybe sympathetic to like the anarchists and the labor groups. Um, the companies and the factories, like pretty much all of the companies are not the good guys. They're, you know, like I just talked about, they're using child labor, they're mistreating their workers. Um, a lot of them are buying out the government or cops to look the other way about the things they're about the shady things they're doing, or they're like employing some kind of like armed security force for union busting and strike busting um, to beat people up for trying to organize the kind of general industries that I was thinking was like sewing like clothes, metal work, some kind of automotive factory and things that are related to like shipping. Some of the company names that I had were Baldwin Feltz and co, which is what I was thinking of for like the corporate military for hire Blair metal, Doherty automotive and Heron shipping for the magical groups. Some of the groups that I have in mind are um, various, various groups of Fey. Um, one of the things that's pretty common in myths across the world about Fey or Fey like creatures is that they like to steal kids. So I think that there's probably at least one group of Fey who is either stealing, stealing human children for pets, or maybe doing some kind of like human trafficking -y theme, which like we already thing with them, which we already touched on some. There's also dwarves. There's a network of caves under the city. There are dwarves that, uh, that live there and I'm kind of seeing them as like underground alchemists who create like magical metal constructs. Um, and there are a couple of different factions within them that are like various shades of, uh, ethically, ethically good, I guess we'll say. Uh, so there's also like magic practitioners. There's like alchemists and kind of like sciencey magic people, quote unquote. Um, there's necromancers, um, and not just like people who, you know, deal with like zombies or the undead, but people who like the original meaning of necromancy was actually like talking to the dead. So like 
there are wizards that do that. There are like classical sorcerers, um, kind of like kitchen witchy type people. And there are like folk magic practitioners that have like a family lineage that's that's passed down from like generation to generation. And it's just like the thing that their family does. Um, Shapeshifters. So the kind of the politics that I'm thinking of around that are that like werewolves are the most powerful group of shapeshifters um, just because like they're the biggest group and they're kind of like, you know, what people think of when they think of like humans and animals, uh, human to animal shapeshifters. Um, and they, there's like intra-community politics there where werewolves are like the most powerful group of shapeshifters. So they like are actively working to try and keep all of the non-werewolf shapeshifters under their thumbs, uh, try and keep them like downtrodden or give them like a lower status within the community. Um, some kind of some kind of group or coalition of spirits. I'm not sure what their goal would be or like what they would do. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, then, then there's other creatures that live in the caves. Um, there's like the dwarves, which I already talked about. Um, the knockers uh, are like, this was like a, an Irish myth that was brought over into America. And people talked about it in like the Appalachian mines. They're kind of just like small mischievous creatures that like don't really mean much harm but like to play pranks play pranks on humans and i'm thinking that maybe they're like an and that maybe they're allies with like some of the anarchist like labor groups um and then that's basically what i have as far as like as far as the factions does anybody think of any is there anything that y'all want to add there <laughs> <laughs> we all forgot we were talking into microphones we all just kind of shook our heads <laughs> Yeah. We're all like, uh, I don't know. Okay, so with that in mind, I think that gives us plenty to build off of as we go along. So what we're going to do now is the we um, this is like the final step of the character creation process. Um, wait, one more thing before we do this actually is so most of you have most or all of you have like your own homes in various parts of town. The way I'm thinking of the city being set up is that there's like sort of like the highfalutin part of town. There's like the warehouse district, which also has um, the docks in it because typically that's how that works. So like warehouse, factory, docks, district. The city is divided by a massive river and it's kind of hard to like get across the river depending on um, what kind of means you have access to. On the other side of the river is like the normal slums and then the magical slums. And another thing that we talked about off mic is the idea that... Um, you know, we had talked about some about the division between like the magical world and the non-magical world. And this is like very much like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of deal, the way it was in Sunnydale, where like your average person, like most of the townspeople understand that something is not quite, that, that there's something going on. There's a set of the townspeople that actively understand, you know, like magic and vampires and all that jazz. Uh, but like, if they tried to talk about it in public, they would still be like actively ostracized and like the city government and the media just like basically ignores it. Um, like they know what's going on, but like, they don't talk about it. Um, you know, and they just kind of clean up after it. <laughs> yeah. They clean up after it when they have to. And then they write down that there were a bunch of people on PCP who left weird bite marks all over all of their victims. Uh, and that's like, the official story so that's kind of the world we're working in here um one thing that i wanted to talk about is real quick is like what the haven or like hangout is like because you all have your own apartments but when you're operating as like a group there is you have and the idea that we had come up with was sort of like a secret room in a speakeasy um like maybe behind a bookshelf or something 
Uh, and the one thing that I wanted to talk about is like, does your group own the bar? Are you friends with the owner? Like, how did you like, how did you come to have this like hangout control center kind of thing? Huh? I mean, so, um, based on like, so I have an apothecary. Is that like a shop apothecary or is it like just in my house? What I pictured based on the description was like, you have an apothecary, like you have one in your house, but it's not like a, it's like you have a huge library of like herbs and tonics and things like, but it's not, it's not like a shop. Well, I think like one of us should probably be the owner of said apothecary or sorry, of said speakeasy. Um, It would probably be one of us four that have been there for a long time. Maybe um, Foxwood. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, too. He's also, like, the relatively speaking, the wealthiest of all. Right, right? exactly. We're all kind of like... Okay, so Fox (laughs) Fox owns the speakeasy. Yep. So what if, like, uh, we all sort of rent a common space? Or, you know Well, if we're saying that he owns the speakeasy, and then we have our own little, like... Underground, like clubhouse sort of storage room. They have, oh. they have our own little clubhouse that's behind like a bookcase. This or something. is okay. This is like a HQ. Yeah, like a speakeasy, or they called them blind pigs, which were like hidden clubs, like mm. in the underground kind of thing. What is the front? I'm assuming there's some sort of either business or it's maybe in his house or something. That's what I'm saying. It's like an underground club, like that fezes are. Yeah, but something to. has to be in front of that. They could since prohibition they couldn't be like come to our speakeasy so it would be a front and then a speakeasy and then even behind that would be our clubhouse. Well, a a lot of them did like so not soda shops but basically like a place that you could go and get water and like hang out with people. What Um, if it was a like watchmaking and mechanics place? The tie in Evans thing. So that would be awesome. So it's like his like mechanic shop. And then he came in and he's like, hey, dude, I'll give you money if you let me turn this into a speakeasy. And he's like, for show. And then me and him had already known each other because I just am like, I'm like a kind of like, okay, so it's the 20s. So I'm not a punk, but like, I'm basically a leather jacket wearing motorcycle wearing person. So we would know each other because I know a lot of mechanics, right? You're some kind of riffraff. (laughs) I'm riffraff. Yes, I am riffraff. So I know you. And he comes in, and then you were, and we had already probably been working together before. Um, and then after he builds a speakeasy, probably then we meet everyone else. Yeah. Well, we meet her. Because it becomes like a community hub for all of the other riffraff. Yeah. 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 And then after that, we, so like, probably like, ooh, I could rent a booth and do like, fortune telling out of the speakeasy too <laughs> yeah so this is really cool okay so me and charlie. Your name? Charlie. charlie me and charlie kind of already knew each other because i'm just like kind of general riffraff and i like hanging around um and i so i got this motorcycle when i got there and i didn't know anything about it and he taught me yeah about how to to do that's it. cool so that's how we got close um fox came in and was like Hey, dude! I have all this money. I want to start a speakeasy. Let's let's have this mechanic shop, but then build in the speakeasy. Um, and then once the speakeasy opens, 
Um, she starts hanging out and she opens up her little fortune teller booth. And that makes sense because if you were new in town and like you went to the magical part of town, like the major speakeasy is exact. If um, Nick's character, uh, Iroh, Iroh, I'm trying to use character names so that like people who are listening understand what's going on. But if Iroh came to town and like if you showed up in the magical part of town and you were like, hey, where do I go to get some answers? People would be like, oh, this place. And then like you would show up. And then so we meet. talk to Nancy. Uh, and then like, yeah, that's how that works out so well. My, Yay. my I think my uh, kind of hidden motives of creating a speakeasy is that I want to get the shady people part. Yeah. Of like yeah. I want to I want to keep tabs on what's going on in the, uh, yeah. in the magical world. Keep, keep your enemies closer. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we're so good at this, guys. <laughs> I like this because, like, every, there's like the clear <coughs> impersonal relationships, but it doesn't require us all to necessarily know each other or like be super or be tight, friendly. Yeah. But we're yeah. all in the same space, the same community yeah. network. Okay. Cool. So the last part is going to be links, which will help, um, which will help solidify some more of those interpersonal things. That's the last part we're going to do for the character and world building. Uh, so the way that this works is uh, each player describes and introduces their character to the group, which we don't need to do because we already did. Each player will tell everyone about a job their character did against one of the factions that was established. So one of the groups that I talked about, um, you will describe your character's role in the job and then talk about like what the job was. The character, so you need to be playing a, a major role in this. And then the character, the person to your left is automatically involved by uh, by default, and if anybody else is like, "Oh, that sounds like a job that my character would be on," then you then you chime in. So, like, if Glory is like, "Yeah, I got hired to spy on um, a spy on somebody," and then like Evan Evan helped by making sure that my motorcycle was up to speed, and then like if somebody else was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like something," Diego's like, "I wanted to keep tabs on that group too." then like his character would be involved and it helps to create links, um, which come in handy that creates links between your characters, which come in handy when you roll to aid someone. Um, the more links you have, the better that you can help someone. So then if like Nick gets in a fight and he's, um, like trying to shoot somebody, then, uh, you know, Gloria or whoever can be like, okay, I'm going to help him and I'm going to do that by doing this. And then when you roll for it, you get to add however many links you have with that character. Oh, sweet. So for the, for this <clears throat> one, it's like you got hired to do something. So like you could oh, okay. get, like you could get hired to, um, like it would probably make more sense for you to be a spy, um, than, than a Vex. Uh, but like you got hired to spy on somebody, um, or like, you know, Evan got hired to maybe Anna, Evan's character got hired by one of the anarchist collectives to sabotage the machinery at a factory. Yeah, like uh, booby traps. Yeah, <laughs> yay booby. Traps. I have magical booby traps. Yeah, so maybe Whoa. that does. Can that be? Do, do we want that to be one of the first jobs? Let's do like, it. yeah. Okay, so you got hired. The anarchist collective's name. They're very important to me. Their name is the Bindle Punks because that's a legit twenties slang. So the Bindle Punks hired. Evan's character, Charlie, Charles, Charlie, Charlie, Charles. Okay. Mr. Chappelle, if you will. <laughs> Hired Mr. Chappelle uh, to sabotage the machinery at the uh, sewing factory. And Vex helped by laying booby traps. And does anybody else want to get in on that action? Um, I guess I could. I could have charmed like the security guard so that they could uh, sneak in yeah that makes sense that makes perfect sense awesome i am the diversion yeah it's a whole and monkey I don't wrenching think... operation <laughs> yeah 
So, and then, so that's Evan's first one. So then Gloria, do you want to, is there another one that you can think of? I think you put me on the spot pretty hard with this oh, one. Oh, sorry. This like, I wish I had time to think of this one. Okay. Um, okay. So the dwarves, one of the factions of the dwarves hired me to find a particular herb or um, ingredient for one of their magical whatever you said they do yeah okay yeah so one of the one of the factions of the dwarves and i'll probably nail that down some behind the scenes because i have some thoughts on the dwarves that i don't want to that i would rather you find out as you play <coughs> um so i'll nail down which faction that was i think we scenes. can be vague in this yeah. part there was a faction of dwarves that hired me to go and find a um specific ingredient for them to use in their smelting yes um their magical smelting um so in order to do that i probably had to go on a little trip yeah um and he has to be involved right um so the person to your left yes so diego was involved somehow and then I think it would make sense, depending on the timeline of this, it might make sense for Iroh to be involved because he's a farm person. So, like, he knows he's also handy. Um, that's completely up to you. Yeah. Um, so maybe um, Diego, I'm sorry, Fox funded the trip because it was probably somewhere remote and far away. So we needed, to, we needed money to get there. Um, and then... Uh, Maybe it was like at the top of a, a cliff or something, and I brought Iroh. No, yes, Iroh, yes, Iroh along with <laughs> me um, to tinker our way up to the top. Yes, I've also got a pickup. Perfect. Nice. I don't know if that Perfect. helps with this particular ingredient, but <laughs> I don't. This is a. It's very a vague ingredient. We I'm don't know. What somebody it is. has a pickup. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. It was, no, it was basically hard to get. What happens to? when you move? Right, exactly. Yeah, like, like, you need to call me to come and get your Ikea furniture. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, magical movers who are just, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm bippity-boppity. Yeah, so I think, basically, the ingredient was, like, for, not only was it rare, but the reason that they had to hire me to do it was because it was somewhere that was hard to find, like, it was hard to get to. So I brought you along with me um, and ended up, you know, using you as the ability to get the ability to actually get there. But really, I'm there as, like identification and like making sure everything is what it's supposed to be and i know where it is yeah perfect that works out great and now diego it is your turn um and i think for the purposes uh especially because for most of the characters it makes sense that you would have got hired or paid um but for your character since you're like the wealthiest one of the group this could also be like a mission against a particular group that you took upon yourself yeah so <clears throat> or something thinking, that your patron sent you on. Yeah, so what I wrote down is the two jobs that I have uh, that my patron keeps me on earth for uh, is to tracking down rogue demons and assassinating my patron's enemies. Um, and uh, my mission could be, uh, would have been, um, I'm trying to go against the werewolves against the shapeshifters because they seem to be really powerful mm -hmm. and my patron doesn't really like that um and then nick is involved somehow but he's a hunter so oh yeah you yeah you don't like can, uh woodland critters yeah i'll just shoot them yeah. all okay so maybe i i i do most or i hire you to do most of the killing or 
Yeah. Um, he's, um, so, well, he's, he, all of his stuff is long range. So maybe yeah. like you went in and we're dealing with people hand to hand and Nick was like perched on a building somewhere nearby yeah. sniping through the windows. Yeah. My, providing an overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Note, my, uh, note that all of my weapons are really loud. So snipe might not be quite the right word, but yeah. It says there's, uh, a, yeah, well, I think. Sorry, my, my weapon is a sword, so I'm, I'm going to. Cool. Okay. Oh, we made such a good group of people. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so when in hunting werewolves, um, is this like a silver bullet sitch? Like I guess, yeah. Silver bullets? Oh, yeah. Do dwarves mine and what do they mine? Yeah, so the dwarves, so there's a network of caves underneath the city, um, which ties in really well with prohibition era stuff. That was actually not even something I was thinking on. I was just like, I want to have a network of caves underneath the city. Uh, so, <laughs> so the dwarves live uh, in the caves. And my thinking was that like, probably some part of the network has like a small mine in it. But I also like the idea that there isn't like a major mine that they have to get stuff trafficked in from elsewhere. Um, because I think I think that sets up some interesting possibilities for for city in the drama or for drama in the city, but also like um, for travel further on down the line or something. Um, but like, yeah, <laughs> Evan is nodding vigorously. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, but if, yeah, so that would be like, I, I would assume that there would be um, maybe, yeah, maybe you had to like work with the dwarves, which is not necessarily super relevant for the links portion of this, but mm. is like, interesting to know for a future like because so far we have two different team members who have worked with the dwarves to some extent mm -hmm. um and do you, does anybody else want in on this werewolf hunting mission that's pretty gruesome i mean i said I, that out loud and then i was like wait <laughs> i might be i mean yeah i mean i could probably be of help since i have shielding so kind of like i mm -hmm. almost like a cleric type thing yeah. So I don't know if y'all would want to bring me or along. Or even get some wolf bane. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you supplied like some like Magical. herbal non bath bombs uh, that huh. could like be that, you know, some of the, the, the herbs that are not great for werewolves. That, yeah. That'd be cool. Okay. Or I'm something. Uh, I just want to help everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I'm very, great. I'm very dark and brooding, but I actually just really want to be of service. You're a good people. witch. <laughs> yeah. But I don't look good. Okay. So like people like I, from the outside, you would probably, like if you didn't know me, you'd probably be like, that's a bad, that's a bad person. But then when you get to know me, it's like, no, actually I'm super fierce and loyal, loyal and I will murder people for you. Uh, cool. Uh -huh. Um. So my, mission thing i i think it's something having to do with so i'm i'm handy but i'm also um agriculturally competent so i'm thinking that there is a magical florist who needs something figured out and so like they know the what they actually need um but i can help with like some of the logistics and also figuring out like how to even find the, the people to supply that yeah I, don't know. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, maybe. So maybe there's like a magical florist or maybe there's um, somebody who works with like dryads or nature spirits. And maybe there was like some kind of um, I'm just throwing out ideas here, by the way, if you hate this, feel free to tell me. Uh, but like maybe there was some kind of pollution interfering with like the grove of trees that are the dryads, like home trees or something. And so one of their friends who was like a, a, ma a magical florist person, like pulled you in and was like, Hey, help me figure out why all of these trees are dying and like hired you to help with that. 
Oh, I like that. There's like an environmental thing going on here. This is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. My other thought, because I have to be a part of this, was that they're about to go into another uh, business adventure. Like they want to come up with a certain kind of flower to sell and they need your help to know what kind of soil or plants to infuse to make this new species and then that they called me in to kind of see if this is even worth pursuing for fortune telling like they could say Um. is this a good place to put my money in can you see like this being successful or are we gonna totally bomb and yeah yeah that. so we could do and we could make the fortune telling work um either way so we can leave that up to you because like this ties in with like your character's motivations and backstory um so if we do like the more environmental aspect maybe like maybe you got called in to like give like sort of a ballpark idea of where the pollution was coming from and then like nick with his like hands-on knowledge um figured it out like this the specifics of it yeah. uh so that's that's up to you I mean, it could be that they came to you initially, actually, to figure that out. And in order to really get a good sense of it, you actually needed to be like, okay, you need more details here. Mm-hmm. And because you knew me, you're like, wait a second. And so you're actually the, um, the I don't know the right word there, the person who's like... Uh, this was my venture, I don't know. The networker there and, and trying to figure out how to make all this stuff work for that to save the dryads. Yeah, we can sure. do we can uh-huh. do that. Something like that. Yeah, that works. Um, and then it's- and then Jennifer, you're the last one. And on this one, Evan's character gets tied in somehow. And then oh oh, and if anybody uh, wants to join in on the dryads venture, like feel Wait, free to chime in. I didn't. I didn't get a turn. Yeah, you did. What, yeah, you, you went first. What do you mean I went first? Um, the, she did uh, it for you. Oh, oh yeah, she basically yeah. did it for you. We can we can add it. <laughs> <laughs> you can okay. Well, we'll go we'll go to you. That's that fair. can be a bonus. No, that could be a bonus thing because that's something. I I just really wanted to bring the anarchists into it. So you can we can uh, ha- you can you can okay. pick a mission too. I just want to steal something really bad. Okay, so okay. Uh, after my turn, we can do yeah, yours, okay. um, or you can jump into mine. Um, and say that I got hired to get close to someone in the corporate side of things, and they had a valuable um, that needed to be stolen, so I needed to find out where it was located or the code to get into the vault. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you got hired to actually steal the item. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe you got hired to, what would it be? Um, It could um, it could be a corporate espionage, so you could have been hired to steal, like, plans like patents or something um from one corporation to another corporation um or you could have been hired to steal like just valuables um from like a rich person in town uh or and my so job there's was this just machine. to kind of keep them occupied while you do your stuff yeah and kind of and you would be like um doing like reading on what kind of security they had and stuff yeah i could also be the the inside person too, since I'm kind of like this yeah wealthy corporate. <clears throat> so person. you're like, yeah, that guy. Go, go. Yeah, like guy. I have all the intel. Yeah, I'd so, be happy to. Although prove you, oh, sorry. Although you probably can know that already. Yeah, because I have. Some yeah, but we can say you're like an extra person on the ground because yeah, because wanna, mine aren't always reliable. Yeah, you know, it's good to have like that extra like backup plan. Like crap, what mm-hmm. if my stuff doesn't work? I also I have memory wipes, so maybe that would be valuable in this situation. Like, in, like um, maybe you go in and you start talking to somebody, and it goes south, and then I'm just like, Phew. 
Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Do-over. Yeah, <laughs> nobody remembers sound. that somebody's asking <laughs> suspicious <laughs> questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, what this do you power think is you stole? Called Mulligan. What? Sorry. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you think you stole? So like, there's this machine, right? That makes tunnels. Uh huh. That the city bought to make the subway. Uh huh. And there are certain groups that want this machine, and. It's difficult to steal because it's large and has to be taken in pieces. Mm-hmm. So if over time I can get help to get that this machine stolen and then sold to a particular faction, we could make so much money. Yeah. You could sell it to the dwarves to make more mines. Exactly. And, stuff. and yeah. then they could use that to make more silver bullets for the werewolf killing. Yay, more yeah. dwarf stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I like that idea. I like that idea. So I'm very so. I'm very interested in somehow helping in on this because of the fact that I do have like kind of a conspiracy theory that there is some corporate connection. And to you are a tinker, so you could help spirits. him take it apart faster. Yeah. This is true. This so sounds yeah. like we're stealing a big machine. This sounds like maybe maybe this was the first gig that all of you did together because this is the first I think that was the first one (laughs) I think that was the first one in the round that we did where like every single person was involved so maybe that would maybe that was your first gig that you all did together and we could say that it was like probably about four months ago and since then you've been working you've been like you know maybe um three of you will sometimes do a job but it's not that was the first time that you all did a gig together and it went pretty well so now like you do jobs together as a group relatively regularly right and that, and that way we found out like each person's skill set on yeah. that so- job as well okay that's all the world building and character background info to be had at this point in time the next episode is where the action really starts Uh, So you can just hop right into that. And if you really love this kind of background and process work, make sure to check out the Patreon where you can get first access, sneak peeks, and behind the scenes on Serendipity City and other projects. The link to that is in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.